0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast hosted by hashtagbasketball.com, your number one source for free fantasy basketball tools that will help you win your league. Uh, could not recommend hashtag basketball's fantasy basketball tools enough, uh, including Mark Roberts' projections and a very important weekly article written by our own. Tyler P. Watts, who is joining us right now. Tyler, what's going on?
1: Well, it's just another week of fantasy basketball in the books, which means another week
0: is about to begin. It's uh, it's a never-ending never saga, and we're almost like, it's really weird. This season feels like it's been going on forever. We are only in week eight, and I think I say this every week. It feels like the season has been going on for a very long time. We don't know a ton. I th- we're... Obviously, in a period where you know hot streaks have uh, kind of tapered off and cold streaks have picked up, and players are kind of playing where we think they're going to go, so we have a better feel for guys who are actually breaking out, guys who are you know maybe taking a, a, a small step back. Uh, we always talk about that forty to seventy range, that plat, that first plateau of players, and some of those guys who used to be in the forties they're in the sixties, and some of those guys who are in the seventies are in the forties. Um, so we're starting to get a really good feel for what players are relevant and what players aren't, but it's only week eight is only the first week of December. We have all of December. We have all of January, we have all of February and things drastically change. And actually that is why we are going to be doing a, I screwed up. So I need a second start on my fantasy basketball league mid season draft, um, Tyler, this is this is your brainchild, and I love it. And our Patreon subscribers, anyone who has subscribed to uh, Patreon.com/slash/watchingtheboxes and has subscribed in, uh, at the level to join a league, you will be eligible to join that league. So if you're interested in joining a midseason league, go to Patreon.com/slash/watchingtheboxes and subscribe, just like all our awesome Patreon subscribers have already done so. But Tyler, like. When, when do you think we're going to get this league uh, going here? I know it's not it's not midway through the season, uh, but we're getting close. So we just passed the quarter poll,
1: um, meaning uh, there's more than a quarter of the games in the books as we speak right now. And um, so over the next couple of weeks, weeks, um, we're probably looking at a slow draft for this just because we got listeners kind of all over the – the map, and it gets really Boy, hard. We
0: got our boys in Iceland. Shout out to our Iceland listeners. Respect.
1: That's what I mean. It gets hard to kind of do a, a draft, so we're probably going to look at a slow draft starting here somewhere in the middle of December. So if you guys really want to get in this league, I, I would suggest signing up um, ASAP so we can get started and um, we can get, get the thing rolling. Uh, we're looking probably, if we wait two more weeks, like we're going to be over a third of the season um, already gone, so... Um, yeah, it'd
0: be about perfect time to start, I think. Yeah, I think two thirds left with the season. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a roto league. I always keep pushing for those roto leagues. Nobody ever listens to me, but you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, we'll the format will be determined by the players. And if you are a new subscriber to Patreon.com/slash Watching the Boxes, you will get first dibs into that mid-season listener league. I'm excited, like. First off, I'm not doing very well this year in, in about half my leagues. It's uh it's an off year for me. I've got a lot going on. I switched jobs. I moved to a a, a new apartment, a new location. Um, so I'm gonna blame those things. Uh, but in reality, I should be I need to be blaming myself for for slacking off in uh, some of these leagues. And uh, no longer will I be doing that, Tyler. I'm I'm coming for I'm coming for you. Is what you- is my goal you're
1: you're pulling a houston rockets just having a bad start and then you're yeah. gonna be right back in the playoff hunt
0: so i'm gonna draft car i'm gonna uh, call carmel anthony and uh, see if he can join my fancy basketball team
1: so what's crazy about the western conference is literally the jazz are in 14th in the west as we speak right now
0: hmm. is and that teams- is that true
1: yes would you like me to read you the teams not in the playoffs oh wait yes. let's guess guess mike this will be fun this be a fun game
0: i I know houston is struggling
1: houston is 500 so they are a half a game out of the playoffs that's one you Um, nailed it
0: sacramento is in the playoffs right now i think
1: no sacramento 500 also half a game out.
0: really close i think they were in the playoffs and not like last time i looked at the standings which was like like a week ago or so well
1: the, the mavericks finished the last game of the night and they were 500 going into that game Um, And they beat the Clippers. So they are the eighth seed at
0: 11 and 10. They're the eighth seed at 11 and 10. Okay, let me try to figure out. If I can figure this out. I know obviously Phoenix is not in. um, And I think the Timberwolves with their weird start aren't in. But I I can't. The rest of the teams I think are in the top eight. And there's more than eight teams. So I have no. I would actually say Dallas is
1: not in the playoffs.
0: I just said Dallas was the last seed. Oh, they're the last seed. I thought you said
1: the Pelicans. The Pelicans are 500, the Rockets are 500, the Kings are 500, the Spurs what? and the – Yep, those are the three teams that are not in. Right, the, next, the, the next three not in, the Spurs and the Timberwolves are both one game under 500, the Jazz are two games under 500, and the Phoenix Suns are
0: 4-19. This is a bloodbath out here. There is a – the, the second to last team – Is five games behind the top team. Five teams. games out. How crazy is that? Of the Nuggets and Clippers, who are the number one seed in the West. What yes. the fuck is going on? And So everyone's like, oh, the Western Conference is all locked up, and the Eastern Conference is going to be the most interesting. And uh, once again, the Western Conference goes and outdoes itself. Uh, all these teams are better, and it is, it's is—it's a bloodbath out there. And the Western Conference, once again, the most interesting, easily the most interesting conference, because it is a uh, borderline tank show. See, Tyler, I'm not versed in the West coast. I know you follow the Dallas Mavericks. You're on the West coast or you're not on the West coast, but you follow that, the Western conference. I've followed the Eastern conference because I'm only interested in the Tankathon thon between the bulls, the Cavs, the Hawks, and the Knicks. That's all I'm interested in this season when it comes to the standings. And uh, for some reason, the bulls, um, really still trying to win games, Larry market and back. We get, we need to talk about that. Um, but only five wins. So it's been a good season. They've almost won uh, quite a few games, but end up losing in the last minute. And that's awesome.
1: Well, and it'll be interesting to see how this new lottery shakes things up. Um, Obviously you got to look at those three teams and then the Suns. I mean, Suns only have four wins and and we're going to talk about Devin Booker here in a little bit, probably. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a scary race to the bottom, but what thing is like all of them are going to get the same odds anyways with the new lottery. So, it, I would say it really doesn't matter. Like those are kind of the worst teams, and they're all going to have that shot to get the top pick. And it'll be interesting to see who who's the lucky one.
0: I guess. I hope there's a uh, Patrick Ewing-esque slam of the of the card in, into the side of the uh, the box. So, but the Chicago Bulls are on that card instead of the new york knicks just like that i mean go watch that youtube if it's still out there unless david stern had it taken down oh it's but,
1: it's there because i last year for the uh, not last year two years ago for the draft i wrote a thing about conspiracy theory i loved that of
0: article that was one of my favorite articles tyler your conspiracy theory draft article
1: yeah and it had all it had i, I mean a bunch of them all the way back um I think that was one of the first ones. And then there was a bunch of them had like the LeBron one was in there. And I think there was five or six in the article.
0: Um, it was real fun to research. I, and I don't think Cleveland uh, should get a number one. I think if you have the number one pick um, that many times in that shorter period of time, there actually should be like a rule where you are unable to get it. So like even if you get the lottery, you have to move down. And whoever got second ends up getting first. And you have to move down to second because you, fuck, you blew it. You don't. If you get that many number one picks and you can't figure out how to build a team around that, you don't deserve another number one pick just to ruin that person's career. <laughs> I also uh, want to see the, the the city of Cleveland just burn to the ground now and never be relevant in the NBA, in the NBA for the rest of my life. That would be ideal.
1: Well, and we could talk about that if you want, but that team is not looking good in the sense nope. that. I mean, what real, what even, like, role players do they have on a contending team?
0: Well, I mean, we can talk about the trade of Kyle Korver to, back to one of the great states for white three-point shooters, uh, back to Utah. And uh, a lot of people were kind of out there saying, hey, is this a big deal? Is this a fantasy relevant move? And it's like if Kyle Korver wasn't fantasy relevant on a team that's bad, why would you think Kyle Korver is relevant on a team that is good?
1: I will say this. There's certain nights and there have been for the last, a lot of years um, where I will stream Kyle Korver in. Usually oh, yeah. it's when there's an injury um, and I need some three pointers late in my matchup. And I'm like, you know what? I could see Kyle Korver coming in banking at home, like five, six, three pointers in 20 or 25 minutes. Um, so I guess in that sense, he's fantasy relevant, but in a, like I'm going to pick Kyle Corver up and own him sense. Uh, definitely not.
0: Yeah. It was um, actually probably a pretty good trade for Utah. Uh, they do have the ability to utilize him and Kyle Corver is ageless. He is, th- he's going to be 38 this year and he's still like NBA relevant, which is pretty shocking, I would say. Uh, but you're right. Streaming at, at best. And, but, that's still super impressive that he's streaming relevant at the age of 38 years old. Not enough props goes to Kyle Corver, who's had a incredible career, but not standardly ownable in my opinion. Now, let's talk about the uh, return of one of my favorite players of all time. Um, Larry Markadon, the legend. He is back. He is coming off the bench. Um, I don't expect that to last very long in Chicago. He played 25 minutes in an um, embarrassing – I mean, they're all embarrassing pretty much, but this one felt especially bad, uh, a blowout loss against Houston. Ten points, a couple three-pointers, a couple rebounds, uh, a steal and a block. This shot uh, wasn't there. Nothing, in my opinion, nothing to worry about here. Larry Markin is the future of the, of the Bulls, him playing with Wendell Carter Jr., um, and getting as much, as much time with Wendell Carter Jr. This season is probably the number one priority for the um, alleged brain trust of GARPACs. Uh, that and keeping their job, I think actually that's the number one priority, is not getting fired by the end of the year and then having Lowry Market, and, and Wendell Carter Jr. play together um, as much as humanly possible. And also I really, really hope that the priority above both of those things is not re-signing Jabari Parker, who uh, has turned it on offensively, finally, but is the worst defensive player in the entire league, and maybe in the history of the league. Uh, good tank move by the Bulls. Smart decision if you look at it. If you think they're playing three-dimensional chess, which I do not because Gar Foreman is elderly and goes to bed before most of these games even start, um, it is it is a genius move, but I, I do not think that's what they were going for.
1: So, honestly, for, for your Bulls, I'm not sure this is the draft to have the number one pick in the sense that, I mean, I'm just not seeing a great fit between Gwendolyn Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen, and, and any of those guys at the top. I mean, obviously, like, it's great to have a transcendent player, but, like, if, if the pick's going to be Zion Williamson, like, that's not going to be a good defensive team.
0: Just No, not. Just I, not. I mean... You could always say that Zion could improve defensively in the future. Uh, He is a freak of nature, and that is super interesting um, when it comes to just having a a freak of nature. But, hey, the number one pick is an asset. And I will – the Bulls do not trade well, but the Bulls do make very good picks in the draft. And uh, they're probably – they're definitely above average team, uh, probably in the top – I would say top – you know, top 10 in, in, in drafting over the last couple decades. And that's the only thing I give Garrett Foreman uh, props to is finding pretty good picks in the draft. Uh, but the Lowry market in return for fantasy owners, uh, a solid hold, um, a buy. If you think you can get Lowry market in from the guy who's owned him for this long, I really doubt he's going to, if he's owned him for this long, I don't think you're going to get, um, Larry marketing for a discount because I'm pretty sure that guy that person is just waiting for Larry marketing to be a important part of their roster. Uh, but you never know. Like w- one game back doesn't look that good. Gets a little nervous. It could be a buy low situation. But uh, Larry is super safe moving forward into the future.
1: Yeah, no worries about that. And I mean, obviously they played him a ton as a rookie. So once he gets up to speed a little bit, um, I wouldn't be worried about anything as far as marketing goes.
0: Yeah, definitely not. Um, bad news, though, on um, instead of a return from an injury, a uh, not a great injury for Devin Booker. Um, looks like, I, I think it's a hamstring leg injury, but it feels like it's been lingering, and he's been sitting out weird. Like, he sat out a weird game the other night, and it didn't make too much sense, and then he left the Lakers game. And it feels like this is this lingering injury to this year. And I don't, I don't know what to make of it right now. But, Tyler, you uh, seem to have the insight in, when it comes to some of these injuries. Yeah, you've done a lot of deep dives into like the history of NBA injuries. So, like, Devin Booker moving forward rest of the season, what do you think his value is? What should owners of Devin Booker do?
1: So, I mean, it's a hamstring, which is never good. This is the second hamstring injury he's had. He missed the game. Um, this week with a toe injury, that's what they were classifying it as. He had yeah, a hamstring.
0: Said right,
1: he had a hamstring injury um, a little bit earlier this season that cost him a few games. Um, so Igor Koshkov, who's the coach of the Suns, um, said he didn't have an update on how long Booker would be out. But I mean, a second hamstring injury—you got to think that they're going to sit him for at least a few games. And the bad part about hamstring injuries is a lot of them can be like a month because a lot of people feel really good when they have a hamstring. Like they start feeling good once the injury starts healing up and then they go and the second they hit like a max, their maximum effort, they strain their hamstring again. So uh, teams a lot of times are very cautious with hamstring injuries and that's not good for Devin Booker, obviously. Um, It's a shame too, because we were seeing Devin Booker have, I don't want to say a breakout season, but a, a new, kind of a rebirth with averaging seven assists a game um, for the first time ever. And Devin Booker was looking great. So definitely not good news. Um It's undetermined how long he'll be out. I would guess if I'm in a weekly league, I would probably safely sit Devin Booker at least this week. I doubt he plays at all this week. Um, and we could be looking at somewhere in the, the month range for him to be out.
0: I think that's a pretty good call um, that if you are in a weekly league, uh, it's probably pretty safe to sit him. Uh, definitely taking a step forward when it, came, it comes to rounding your game. You know, when you're a 20 point scorer already at that age, it's hard to like improve pieces of your game. And you can tell that Devin Booker had been working on improving his uh, distribution. He, he his assists were up, and um, it's just sad. Like you don't want someone who could be legitimately a all star in the NBA to struggle with injuries and keep him from reaching his potential. Uh, No matter what team you root for, even though the Phoenix Suns are a hot mess and they've been under, under the radar, at least for the casual NBA fan, one of the worst run franchises in the entire league. Probably you could even make. I think you can make an argument that they've been ran worse than the Kings, though. That is going to be a hard uh, a difficult argument. I think you can actually get there if you if you harp on the right things. Uh, so I do feel bad for those fans in Phoenix. Uh, Devin Booker, if you own him, Tyler, would you think about uh, just trading high at this point? If you're in a, if you're in a redraft league.
1: I mean, yeah, obviously you're not going to want to sit him with a month if you don't really have an IR or a space on your IR. Um, so if I could trade Devin Booker for any second-round player, I'd definitely do that. I don't want to trade too low, though, because at this point we don't really know how long he's going to be out. So if you're going to trade me someone like Kyle Lowry or Kemba Walker, I'll probably do that deal. But if you're going to trade me someone like Laurie Markin, and I'm probably just going to keep Devin Booker and hope that he comes back in like a
0: week and it's not as bad as I think it is. Yeah, you want to stay out of that forty to seventy plateau, which I believe Larry Markin is still in at this point. Especially when with his slow return to the court, um, that that'll take some time for him to get going. Stay away from that forty to seventy plateau when it comes to someone with the talent of Devin Booker, because even if he sits out a month, the uh, you know, and suddenly he's healthy, January, February, March, you just got rid of a you know a, a second round player. For a guy who in in shallower leagues, you could probably find a guy off the waiver wire for three weeks who's producing better than the guy you might have traded him for. So, um, if you're streaming, if you can stream hot hands uh, that are doing almost as much as the guy you're getting back for Devin Booker, don't make that deal. Uh, but I would consider uh, trading, uh, selling high on Devin Booker, um, certainly with this injury, as high as you can anyway with this injury kind of looming and not not really trusting Phoenix to handle the situation terribly well um, as I, I just don't I just don't trust the uh the front office in Phoenix but week eight is going to be another interesting week Tyler you have written another gem of an article over on hashtag basketball.com for the week eight primer uh going into week eight what is something is this a is this a weird schedule week is there something uh in particular we need to know right off the back before we start talking about pickups and, and and ads for this week
1: so the schedule did did me a favor in writing the article not necessarily fantasy managers um so eight teams that play four times this week there's two teams that play just twice and then the other 20 teams play three times so Um, obviously Philly and Boston, the two teams that played twice, and it's going to be hard to start a lot of those players, um, especially in standard leagues where the waiver wire is plentiful. Like, sure, you're going to probably start Kyrie Irving and Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, but a lot of those other guys, the Gordon Haywards, the Jason Tatums, you might want to play someone with four games just in the sense that, You know, at maximum, you're going to get 60 minutes from that player. And if you can find a guy on your waiver wire playing 30 minutes, that's 120 minutes. It's twice as much action. It's going to be worth it probably. Now, I will say this. The teams with four games this week don't have a lot of great streaming options. Um, The Cavs probably have the best options. And some of the other guys that you'll see in my top 10 are not normally guys who make the top 10. Um, So... You got to kind of just look at your waiver wire and make some difficult decisions on that this week um, as far as that goes.
0: Yeah, uh, just throwing it out there, though, if you are in a league that allows you to make daily moves instead of locking your uh, league weekly, which, by the way, note to self, need to lock those uh, weekly leagues in tonight, guys. Uh, uh, That is incredibly important. Uh, and that's a note just for me when I'm re-listening to this and editing it. Uh, so I actually go do that this evening before my rosters lock. But the Boston Celtics do play the Knicks on a three-game night on, uh, I believe that is Thursday, and they play the Bulls on Saturday. So if you can do daily moves, uh, streaming some, even though the Knicks, or excuse me, the Celtics, do not have very good streaming options, Uh Playing the Knicks and the and, and the Bulls is a good sign that you might get some slap minutes from some of those uh, bench players who um, you would assume the Celtics are going to blow out both of these teams um, almost almost certainly. But I
1: put my first player on here that I've done in a long time where I said, you should drop this player Wow, uh, for the Celtics, and that's Terry Rozier, owned 44% of leagues. And literally his best category he's producing so far this season is 3.9 rebounds per game.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised, and it's probably just simply Scary Terry name recognition, right? Uh, That's way too high to be owned, Um, especially when the first player you recommend picking up is a guy who's on this list almost every single week. Seti Osman, apparently ranked 167th, playing 32 minutes a game, only owned in 31% of leagues. Uh, Why is Seti Osman not more owned or not why Why aren't play why aren't people picking him up and keeping him on their rosters uh, when he ends up being in your top three of, of guys you should stream uh, almost every week at this point
1: well I mean the Cavs had a had a strange schedule where they played four games for three straight weeks so that's that's a big factor in why he's there Um, I mentioned it, though, right? He's one of those fringe borderline players. Like, he's ranked 167th on the season. Now, what's keeping people from owning him is his semi-scary, very scary field goal percentage at 36%.
0: That's almost scary Terry-like.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I get that. But when you look at his stat line across the board, like, it's pretty good. And you want a little bit more in the defensive stats, obviously. You want him to start hitting his shot a little bit more. But those are things I can see happening as City Osmond adjusts to being the, I don't know, number two, number three option on that Cleveland team, right? Like, he's one of their better scorers, sadly. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing, but... You're talking so far this season, he's gotten 11.4 points, 5.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, um, 0.8 steals, 1.6 three pointers. Like, it's a fairly decent stat line across the board for someone you're streaming in, and he's going to help you in a lot of categories. But obviously, you need him to shoot the ball a little bit better, and there's no guarantee that's going to happen, but I think eventually it will.
0: Yeah, I, I just think, you know, with the potential there of one, the, the Cavs just being. Absolutely miserable. This is, you know, stats piling up stats on a bad team and Seti Osman being someone who they are looking at as, you know, maybe potentially someone who could start uh for a future Cavs team. They're going to let him play, and he should only just get better. Um, another guy on the Cavs that you actually you have quite a few Cavs on this list simply because their their uh, schedule is pretty decent. Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson both making the list. If you had to choose between Jordan Clarkson and Rodney Hood this week, which one of those guys would you go with? Uh,
1: Jordan Clarkson, not close in the sense that both of them are really only helping you in the points category. And Jordan Clarkson's getting sixteen, and Rodney Hood's getting thirteen point two. So um, Clarkson is kind of playing that six man scorer off the bench, where they just kind of feed him the ball and let him do his thing. And I mean, sixteen points a game is nothing to sneeze at. It's probably the best guy on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues, um, the highest scoring player on the waiver wire. Now he's not doing a lot else, but you can get 16 points a game times four games. That's a lot of points for your weekly matchup.
0: Yeah, that that can really add up when you're looking at a guy who, first off, is available in quite a few leagues, and second, is uh, just like someone who I don't think anyone significantly cares about at this point. Which is really maybe may strange to say with a guy who's uh, scoring 16 points a game at this point, um, but still ranked right outside. Your standard league relevant type players. So, an excellent stream choice for especially when you need points. And you cannot find points, like you said, on the waiver wire, especially 16 points a game. It's pretty hard to find. Uh, I do want to talk about one last player here on uh, Tyler's week eight schedule primer on hashtag basketball.com. And that is the mysterious and alluring return of Kevin Knox. Uh, one, you knew one good game from Kevin Knox. And first off, all the Nick fanboys would be coming out of the woodwork. I don't know. First off, there's gotta be a lot of woodwork because there are a lot of Nick fanboys out there. I understand, uh, population density is a, uh, is a direct result of how many damn fanboys the Knicks have, but they're the loudest, uh, some of the most obnoxious fanboys out there. That's right. New York. I'm coming after you. Um, But we have also ourselves been allured by Kevin Knox in this preseason. But Knox just um, has not gotten the opportunity to be the guy in New York, really not uh, getting starters minutes, occasionally just playing like seven to eight minutes a game, uh, but against the Milwaukee Bucks and a surprise win for the Knicks. Uh, And we're talking about one single game. Twenty-six points, five three-pointers, four and uh, four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block for Kevin Knox. Is that a sign? Is that a flash of talent, or is that a small sample size theater? So, um, and I mentioned this a
1: little bit later in the piece. Um, the Knicks have the absolute best schedule this week. So they play four times. They play three on the lightest schedule days, and then their last game is on Saturday which has nine games, Um, but there are two days with 10 games. So even that day is like a a somewhat better day when you're going to play four games. And so Knicks guys should be great pickups. And Knicks guys would have flooded that top 10 had we known who's going to play on a consistent basis. And right now it just seems like coach Fisdale messes with that rotation every game in the sense that, Sure, like, the same five guys start a lot, but, you know, one minute Damian Dotson's getting 30 minutes, and then the next game he's getting 12. And the same thing you mentioned with Kevin Knox, and there's a boatload of guys, you know, Noah Vonley, Alonzo Trier, Mitchell Robinson. Like, no one really knows what these guys are going to play. They're all, you know, they're owned somewhere between 40 and 7% of leagues. If you told me who was going to play, I'd probably pick them up. But there's no guarantees. And sh- you would think that they'd be, you know, prioritizing guys like Knox and Trier and Robinson. These guys are all young. They could be parts of their future. They you think they'd want to see what they have in those players. But they run out guys sometimes like Mario Hazonia, who he couldn't cut it on the magic when they were bad. Like, is he really part of a future winning team? Probably not. Um, you know, so, I mean, if you can tell me that rotation, like, you let me know. Let me know when you figure it out.
0: Uh Yeah, I've been sitting around trying. We, we tried to figure it out in the preseason. We tried to figure it out when they were playing uh games uh before before the season, and we tried to figure it out all the way into week eight, and it cannot be figured out. The Knicks have no idea what they're doing. This team is going to be in flux for the rest of the season. Obviously, Chris, uh, Chris Taps Porzingis at some point, is probably going to come back, but we don't even know that. So we're gonna to have to just keep an eye on them and and, and always in the back of your mind, uh, just check that that Knicks box score and start keeping track of uh, of what they're actually going to be doing. Follow some Knicks beats uh, beat writers on Twitter to see if they're go- they're actually ever going to settle on a rotation. Uh, I know Here's Noah the- Va- like Noah Vonleh is is relevant now because of this rotation, but who knows when that ends. Well, here's the worst part. So Fizdale will say
1: things like, I'm sticking with this starting lineup for a while. This is my new starting lineup. Like He'll say things like that, and then two games later he'll change it. Or what he'll do is, like in the last game, for instance, he started Mario Hazonia and played him 12 minutes. He started Enos Kanter and played him 27 minutes. And then his three other starters played 35, 36, and 47 minutes in the overtime game against the Bucs. He played Kevin Knox off the bench 37 minutes and Damian Dotson 33 minutes. So why did he start Hazonia and play him 12 minutes? Like it doesn't make any
0: sense. It makes zero sense is what it does. It's almost a a worse situation than we saw in Orlando um, last, last year. And it's, it's infuriating because there is some potential for some fantasy relevant players on this team.
1: Well, at what point do you figure it out? Like, okay, we're how many games into the season now for the Knicks? The Knicks have played, you know, 24 games already. Like, at, at this point, you should have it figured out. And sure, like, maybe an injury happens. Maybe this happens. Maybe that happens. Um, But I, I just don't quite get it. And obviously, Mario Zonia had that, that huge dunk on uh, Giannis in that game. And, I mean, maybe I'm just missing something. Maybe he got ejected at some point or something. But... And to play a starter twelve minutes doesn't make much sense.
0: Yeah, I actually think Z- Zonia is actually a pretty, uh, fairly decent NBA player. I think with the right coaching, uh, he could be like a Marco bellinelli esque type player. Uh, if if he wasn't trying to take over games, like uh, playing him that few minutes is, is very confusing. Granted, they won that game, but um, I just I, I can't make anything of it. We're just going to have to keep. Checking in on the next every week. I don't want to check on the next every week. That's the issue because all these guys um, are not, are barely, like, you know, barely fantasy relevant. Um, So if someone like Mitchell Robinson could get 35 minutes a game, maybe those blocks would make him fantasy uh, relevant, but he still probably is just a streamer. Okay. Um, I I guess you could say, you know, Hazonia could be fantasy relevant with starters' minutes, Trey Burke could be even, you know, I know he's out and stuff, but uh, he could be fancy relevant playing 35 minutes. Uh, Kevin Ux even could be borderline playing 35 minutes, but no one's going to play 35 minutes on this team.
1: So Mitchell Robinson is in that weird range where he's blocking like two shots a game in like 20 minutes, but he's doing absolutely nothing else. He gets you like three rebounds in 20 minutes. So even in 40 minutes, he's getting you six, like that's not really helping and he's not scoring. So he's, he's like strictly a block streamer. I think no matter how many minutes he gets, Um, The weird part about that Hazonia thing, so he started Hazonia in both halves, and he played Hazonia exactly six minutes in both halves and then never played him again. So he started him in the first and third quarter, played him six minutes, and never never played him again.
0: That makes zero sense in any way. Any way you look at it it makes zero sense. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It It just doesn't... doesn't... Does it make it – and, I mean, we see
1: this sometimes with, like, when injuries happen that someone just wants to, like, keep the second unit together so they replace a guy with, like, the third string and then they don't play that many minutes. But, yeah, I don't understand playing someone for six minutes and to start both halves and then just be like, yeah, you're done, man. No, no more.
0: Yeah, it's very, very strange. Um, back-to-backs this week, um, the schedule is a little strange. And uh, there is not a ton of – Players, especially out there who are on, you know, in the bottom 50% owned in leagues who you can exploit uh, this week and especially exploit going into next week, Monday of next week, basically almost every team is uh, playing. We got to, you know, we got 11 games going, so it will be a hefty week. So doing a Sunday Monday stream into week nine is probably not going to be uh, good, but you do have some Tuesday streams in the next week, uh, Tuesday, Thursday of this week is going to be kind of the the low mark for uh, games. So there's not a huge opportunity to um, to get good back to backs out of players on off nights for your roster. Um, is there any team you would want to focus on? Maybe a, a pseudo Tuesday, Thursday back to back, or uh, a Tuesday, a Thursday, Saturday back to back that you that you like more than than other teams.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, the Tuesday-Thursday one, you got to look at the Suns now with Devin Booker out, right? Josh Jackson, Elliot Cobo, Mikel Bridges, all could be pretty interesting, um, especially if he's not going to play. And I would even maybe throw in Jamal Crawford, who's not listed in the article, right? Like, we've seen the, just the other game when Devin Booker was out. Like, Jamal Crawford played, like, 25 minutes, and Jamal Crawford's been hitting his shot, um, which it's kind of how what we see now with this version of Jamal Crawford is, like, he bubbles up, and then he goes – Back into nothing, and he bubbles up because he just has some hot shooting games kind of all collected together. um you gotta think they're gonna play Jackson and bridges more um Elliot Cobo has been playing like thirty minutes a game since they cut Isaiah cannon,
0: so um those are all three guys that you could pick up and yeah I like I uh i like I, I like picking Jackson up or kobo, uh but probably like long term if there is something going on with uh with Booker, I feel like uh mckill bridges might be the more interesting longer-term hold there because uh, it doesn't seem like that Phoenix Suns team trusts Josh Jackson at all. Well, and, and the thing is, someone's going to have
1: to shoot. And Bridges is kind of a 3 and D guy, like he's not much of a creator. So it'll be interesting to see who's shooting the shots, and that's why I kind of think Jackson will be a very inefficient chucker.
0: Yeah. And if you don't mind the the drop in efficiency with a, with an increased volume for Josh Jackson, then that is your probably your go-to guy for your Thursday-Sunday stream and maybe even a, a week-long stream. Um, and, and stop
1: the DeAndre eight and should be rookie of the year thing.
0: Yeah. I heard that from, y'all, from everyone, Suns fans. We're done. We're done here. Luka Doncic is the rookie of the year. Um, even if Luka Doncic didn't play any more games this year – I still think you have to give it to him. Uh, that's, that's how good he is. I, I'm okay with saying that. Um, we're not even sure. I'm not even sure DeAndre Aiden is the second best rookie playing right now. Just saying. Uh, no, Jaron Jackson, Jaron Jackson, way passing. DeAndre yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. is better. Guess what? Wendell Carter Jr. is better than DeAndre Aiden just saying. Um, so, Suns fans, we feel for you. We know your front office sucks. Chill out. Final thoughts, Tyler, for Week 8. Is there anything you want anyone else to look into, maybe even with streaming into Week 9?
1: I mean, uh, there's not a lot of great streamers this week, and that's unfortunate for head-to-head leagues. Um, It's good for you if you have a really strong team, though, because the the strongest team is probably going to win the week um you mentioned like week nine we're looking into week nine a little bit if if you're a person who thinks maybe you got an easy matchup or you think you know that you pretty much can lock this one up a little bit early week nine is a rather strange schedule in the sense that tuesday and thursday have three games monday and wednesday have 11 friday has nine and both saturday and sunday have seven so we get a few more games next week we get a lot you know five days with a good amount of games now you probably should should be able to stream on Saturday and Sunday but there's probably only four days that you're streaming next week so um that's something to look at and it's just gonna be a little bit of a strange week so buckle up for that.
0: Yeah you're just gonna I mean hopefully you have the better team so hopefully this isn't that big of a deal that was not having a good streaming lineup especially even going into week nine and getting that extra game uh, only a couple players really Spurs and Toronto uh, looking like they have a, a good matchup for your Sunday, uh, Sunday, Tuesday. If you have one pickup left late in the week, maybe get that extra game going into week nine. But um, this is just the, the luck of the draw. Some weeks are going to be really good streaming weeks. Other weeks are going to be pretty even. Sometimes the, you got teams playing one game per week, which makes absolutely no sense. And sometimes you're going to get teams that play five. So Overall, you should be maximizing your games, balancing out those streams, and um, basically trying to get as much wins in, in these categories as possible because it's all going to add up by the time we get the playoff uh, season coming up here, uh, depending on when your playoffs start. So I think that's it for Week 8. Uh, you can find me, Mike Catron, at Watch the Boxes on Twitter, and you can find Tyler P. Watts, who has a fantastic – weekly primer for your fantasy week on hashtag basketball.com along with a few other fantasy basketball articles. And if you're really into Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, Tyler P Watts on Twitter is the guy you want to follow. He's got great uh, analysis of the upcoming rookie of the year and probably, um, you know, perennial all-star Luka Doncic playing for a Dallas Mavericks team that has no business being in the playoffs and technically, is right now even though that west coast is a bloodbath. if you guys like the show please rate and review us hit us up on twitter for if you have feedback for the show if you want to get in touch with us personally and have an influence on how we take the show if you want more mailbags you want to do question and answer times um, if you want us to talk more about dynasty and keeper leagues join patreon.com go to patreon.com slash watching the boxes, become a Patreon subscriber, and you will have direct access to me and Tyler help shape the show. And then also most importantly, help the show uh, stay supported in continuing to uh, move forward and improve. So we really appreciate our Patreon subscribers out there and you can be a Patreon subscriber too, especially if you want to get in that mid season draft, go check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes. That is it from us. And we will catch you next time.